From LPL Financial, welcome to Market Signals. I'm your host, Ryan Dietrich. You talked about the PMIs and manufacturing data. That ties to earnings. And we've actually seen earnings expectations inch higher. Be really interesting to watch uh, whether the earnings results we start to get next week uh, will uh, we'll follow the path of the manufacturing data, which has been strongly higher. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of the LPL Market Signals podcast. Ryan Dietrich here and up on the line in Boston, my good friend, Jeff Bookbinder. Jeff, you survive. Let me see your fingers. We were never, people can't see us, but I can see you on the, and yes, you have, that's all. Are there 10 fingers there? Okay. You have all 10 fingers. Did, did you survive July 4th? And, uh, at least you look intact that, that I can tell. Maybe mentally it took something out of you, but physically you look okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm good, Ryan. Um, I tell you, Mother Nature celebrated on July 5th uh, because yesterday we had quite the uh, lightning storm uh, here in Boston. But uh, yeah, it was a nice holiday weekend um, and uh, everybody's safe and healthy here, thankfully. Uh, well, that's great. Yeah, we had a I know so July 4th was great, hung out with some friends and hung out on a boat and did some some, some social distance uh, July 4th fireworks watching. But I did mention on the podcast last week, we were going up to Grandfather Mountain. And a lot of you were very kind and sent me some some um, suggestions on where to go. And I actually used a few of those. So thank you. Um, but it was it was crazy. Like Bert said, I mean, it's like the tallest mountain in the Blue Ridge Mountains, Grandfather Mountain. You, you go half, you go pretty much all the way up in your car, then you hike kind of the last maybe hour or so to get there. And it was really scary. If you one one uh, false move and you really fall off that mountain, and my son Gus is kind of crazy, and he um he was running off ahead and having fun with it. Uh, but uh, we we all survived and really had a good time up in the mountains in the Boone slash Blowing Rock area. So, um, Jeff, let's kind of get just get right into it. We have a lot to discuss this week, as we always do. We're going to take a look at 2020. Where what we've seen so far, what we've learned from it, um, more of a review, I guess. We, we'll do the preview stuff soon, more of a review of where we've been. Um, and then we're also going to take a look at, you know, more forward-looking, is the recession over? Some of this economic data we've been seeing over the past you know, three to four weeks could be suggesting the recession's over or very close to being over. And then we're going to finish things up with, um, what are we going to finish things up with? Uh, the election. The, we're going to take a look at the election, uh, which is <laughs> still in the background, I guess we'll say. But as we get closer, we are absolutely going to start focusing more on the election. Um, so, Jeff, first things first, 2020. The first quarter, stocks go down 20% for the worst first quarter in history. Second quarter, stocks go up 20% for the best second quarter since 1938. Now, much like if you have a $20 bill, drop a $20 bill and pick it up. You did not just make $20. So down 20, up 20. The S&P is still down 4% for the year. Although as the time we're recording this on Monday morning, stocks keep going up. So we're getting closer uh, to being positive for the year. But Jeff, I mean, what, what is kind of one, of one or two of the big takeaways, maybe learning lessons we're always learning in this industry that you've learned, uh, my goodness, so far in 2020? Wow, so many. It's hard to pick just a couple. but um, Exactly. I think one... One lesson um, is the leaders in the last bull can be the leaders in the next one, uh, right? And so, you know, I'm looking at uh, sector returns right. over the first half. What was first? Technology. Not only was technology a really strong performer in the last bull market, it is a really strong performer so far in this one, which looks like might be the start of a new bull market here uh, from the uh, late March lows. So that that's number one. Um, for me, and then number two, 
would be um, we all got a reminder that valuations are not great predictors of near-term stock market performance, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, the calls for you know stocks being too expensive and needing to pull back got really, really loud over the last uh, couple of months, and, and look what's happened. Stocks have just kept uh, going higher. So valuations work over the long term, but they don't tell you too much about where stocks are going over the next few months. Yes, it's funny because we didn't we, we knew what we were going to talk about, but one of my big takeaways as well was the whole growth versus value. I mean, I remember back the first week of this year, right? And oh boy, it feels like a lifetime ago. One of the big talks was is it finally time for value? Is it finally time for energy? Now, energy stocks had a really big second quarter, but it's all relative. They had a, obviously a historically large drop in the first quarter. And it is just that idea that some of the previous leaders um, can continue to lead. And that's specifically growth. You know, next week in the LPL Market Signals podcast, we're really going to dive into our mid-year outlook because we're releasing that next week. And we'll talk more about that. But, you know, we, we, we as we've discussed on this podcast, you know, gro- we, growth is an area that we've favored a little bit over value, been kind of even weight, but slightly in the growth camp. And we continue to think growth could be one area um, for some outperformance. But we'll kind of talk more about that stuff next week. Don't want to give too much of it away. You know, the other things, I guess the big picture things, the big stats I like to talk about, the S&P 500 hasn't been down um, during a year when you have an incumbent president up for re-election since 1940. I mean, you think about that, that that's kind of, that's crazy. We're going to talk about the election a little bit later, but when you have a split Congress like we do this year, once again, stocks have been higher that year 10 out of the last 10 times. When stocks are up 30% or more the previous year, like they were last year, the next year tends to be higher more often than not. So when you factor all these big picture things in, and one of them by themselves, sure, that's just one data point. When you factor in all these different things, when we were down 30% for the year, I'll be very honest, I did not anticipate a green year. I think very few people did. But now we bounce all the way back, and these big picture things almost were suggesting no one saw the devastation that happened uh, you know, so far is still happening to our economy. But from the stock market point of view, boy, there are some big picture things that did suggest maybe it was a um, really incredible buying opportunity. And that's what it kind of looks like. I mean, Jeff, so we had a big quarter uh, up 20%. You know, we wrote on our blog just last week that that tends to lead to continued gains. I mean, what's your take on that? Yeah, it, it relates back to this being early in the next bull market, right? You tend to get these really big rallies coming off of major market lows. And so what happens coming out of bear markets? Stocks tend to do really, really well for a pretty long period of time. You know, we just came off of the longest bull market ever. So right. I'm not going to predict that this is going to be that long or that strong, but uh, certainly uh, we're getting a lot of evidence here that we are early cycle, and that means uh, more gains ahead. Yes, and that's such a key point because obviously when you – Think about what's happened to our economy and where things are to say well, this bull market potentially is early cycle is something that I think is very confusing to a lot of investors, but is one thing that we have been harping on. You know, we call this there's a reason we call this podcast market signals. We're looking for market signals and using data, quantified data as much as we can to find you know the best scenarios and the best outlooks that we see. And when you put it all together. Again, when you have the stocks were just up 20% in the second quarter. When you look at the previous time, stocks were up at least 15% uh, for a quarter, which are some of the best quarters of all time. The next quarter was higher eight out of eight times. The next two quarters were higher eight out of eight times. This is going back to 1950. So again, it, it just is, it, it continues to support the idea that 
these large, historically large gains like we've just seen tend to happen closer to the start of new bull runs, not the end of bull runs or not in the midst of bear markets. There's such thing as a bear market rally, but clearly the, in our opinion, the rally we've seen is not a bear market rally and it's maybe something more. So Jeff, let's go to the next um, next discussion and I'll let you go. You take the reins here in a second. Is the recession over? 4.8 million jobs created last month. Consumer confidence came in way higher than expected. Manufacturing's higher than expected. I mean, just about every data point we're seeing is coming in way above and globally we're seeing this too. This isn't just a US thing. Is the recession that just started a few months ago over already? Probably so, Ryan. I mean, the the um, you know official arbiter of recessions, the National Bureau of Economic Research, talks about the trajectory, right? Mm -hmm. It's not about the level of economic activity. It's the trajectory of economic activity. And so by that measure, it looks like the recession's over already. It'll be uh, the shortest ever. But this economy is still well short of the levels uh, that we saw earlier this year, and it's going to take quite some time uh, to get back there. Hopefully, we get back there in 2021. Maybe, you know, with the help of vaccine, we get close to it by the end of the year. But most likely, um, you know, that's uh, 12 to 18 months out at least um, before we can, uh, you know, get economic activity back where it was. Uh, good points there, and that's, I think that's such an important point because you know we lost almost 20 over 20 million jobs right back in March and April and then you think about how yes we've gained a lot of those jobs back but you look back at market history it took almost six years to get all the jobs back during the financial crisis it took about four years to get all the jobs back during the tech bubble uh, recession in the early 2000s so I think the thing that the key thing to note is the economy is going the right way but it's like a diffusion index. It's not about the, the, the new highs or new lows. It's about how things are doing right now. And clearly, we're coming off historically low levels um, and going, you know, really going the right way. Now, our friends at Ned Davis Research did a study, and I'll just touch on this for a second, looking at the overall PMI numbers, uh, manufacturing PMI numbers that we saw uh, just last week. And according to Ned Davis, we had the largest, and this is the global manufacturing PMI, largest monthly jump ever. Almost one-third of all global economies are in expansion. That's above 50 in their manufacturing numbers. And 90, a record, 94% of all global economies are seeing positive. That's, again, higher than the previous month, month-over-month month PMI uh, data. That's an all-time record uh, for manufacturing. And they found that high readings, and again, this is the highest reading ever, High readings were consistent with economic turning points. So it's kind of what you just said, Jeff, where, yes, relatively, sure, manufacturing is nowhere close to where it was three, four months ago, but it's really come off the lows. Final comment for me, and uh, maybe maybe we'll talk, we didn't say we'll talk about COVID-19. Maybe we'll talk about COVID-19 for a second here next, um, but because it brings on Brazil. Brazil, actually, PMI manufacturing was one of the strongest in the world, at well above 50 and you see what the COVID has done to their economy, just devastated it, but it was coming off such low levels. I mean, Jeff, initial reaction, Brazil's PMI manufacturing is one of the best in the world. That caught me by surprise. I mean, what are your takes there? Yeah, great example of the difference between trajectory and level. Exactly. Right? Brazil, it's going to take them a lot longer to get back to where they were uh, than it'll take the U.S. or any other major global economy. Uh, they have been uh, devastated. Uh, the... Um, you know, turning back to the, the point you made about the PMIs globally, that just says people are going to buy more uh, you know, next month than they did last month, essentially. Uh, that's a pretty low bar. You know, going back to where we were, where the economy, at least in the U.S., was pretty much shut down, uh, you're going to ex expect folks to say they're going to buy more, right? Because they weren't buying anything 
the last survey period, right? So we're you know we don't want to mm-hmm. you know pour cold water on this rally here, but uh, it, you know at some point market's going to focus more on the level than the trajectory, and it's going to get a little bit tougher. Uh, we think to build on on the gains that we've seen over the last few months. No, exactly. And you speak about you know purchasing and buying things. A little little Volvo update here. I, I mentioned this two weeks ago, and a lot of you did reach out. So thanks for that. I, I haven't seen my car for about five weeks now. And Jeff, I told you I'd give you the update. This is the first time Jeff has heard the latest update <laughs> live with everyone else. But I haven't seen my car for five months. Literally about fifteen minutes ago, my insurance person's texted me. It's just been a nightmare. Like I had a leak in the sunroof water all over the place. They fixed the computer. They got the computer working as of last Wednesday. And all of a sudden, there's seven more errors. According to the computer, there's apparently water damage all underneath the car. They got to like rip out seats, rip out everything. So we're going back and forth. Insurance is paying for some of it. But of course, you know, it's always a battle going back and forth. So it's just been, it's been something. So I was joking, you know, I've got the, my wife's car right now. And uh, they gave me a rental car for a couple days here, a couple days there. But I don't know. It's hard to get a rental car for a while from insurance. So after this podcast, I do have to hop home and <laughs> let Emily get the car and drive around it. Oh my goodness. It's, um, I guess I'm trying to help the economy with how much money I'm spending on this car. Jeff, you ever had a Volvo by chance? Yeah, believe it or not, my wife has one right now. And uh, <laughs> thankfully it's, it's been working. This, the sunroof is, is fine, <laughs> um, but you're, you're, <laughs> you're making me a little bit nervous. I tell you. Now you made it, you said you've got two cars. You said I could borrow one. I don't want the Volvo. Don't give me the Volvo if you're gonna let me borrow one of your cars. You keep that one. How's that sound? All right. You you can have the other one if you can figure out a way to get it down there. Uh, <laughs> we're we're only using one car right now and, right. and even sparingly. There you go. So Jeff, I mean, we didn't mention we or at least in the outline, we didn't say we talked COVID-19. I'm looking at the time. We got a little bit of time. Let's talk about COVID-19. I mean, the reality is deaths, seven-day average of deaths in the US continues to trend lower. Clearly, new cases are just soaring higher and they don't seem to be showing any signs of uh, taking a break. I mean, what kind of high level? What do you think over the past seven days is new with, with COVID that what we're seeing now? Because boy, oh boy, the stock market isn't paying attention. Or if it is, it's ignoring it because it keeps going higher. Yeah, the, the stock market's paying more attention to uh, to the death rate than anything else. Yep. <clears throat> and we're seeing a little bit of a pickup in hospitalizations, but nowhere near uh, the steep trajectory of new cases. So, you know, we'll see some um, increased, uh, you know, measures, security measures uh, in, in some places. You know, Texas and Florida seem to be getting a lot of attention right now, mm-hmm. uh, but the market is saying that we're not going to get widespread lockdowns again. There's just a tremendous will to uh, reopen and get this economy going again. I mean, I, I saw it around here just driving around this weekend, uh, you know, some, some full parking lots at, uh, at, at stores. So, uh, you know, we've heard don't bet against the U S consumer before this is really uh, uh, certainly uh, living up to that adage. Oh, no question. I mean, if you go to like a Lowe's or Home Depot, everyone seems like they're fixing their houses. My wife, we're trying our garage. I've talked about before. We moved four years ago. We've got junk in that garage. It's been there for four years, never opened it. It's like, I don't even know what's in these boxes. I clearly can live without it. But she's looking at, you know, ordering some, I don't know, some shells and some just different things like that to help organize the garage, really. Um, And she can't find anything like everything's sold out apparently at the local lows. So I think everyone is not everyone. A lot of people are in the same boat where, you know, if you're stuck at home, you, you know, try and redo your house and then fix some things. But clearly some of the parking lots are, um, 
getting a little more crowded. Um, now, Jeff, so that's so that's COVID-19. I mean, we're obviously watching it extremely closely, but the market is forward looking and looking at the reopening, I think. And, and like you said, the death rate. I mean, last week we had some positive news from Pfizer with the German, a German biotech company that um, th their vaccine is moving along nicely. There's multiple vaccines uh, that are out there that continue to have uh, positive news. I mean, Jeff, by the time people listen to this, they will have egg in our face. And we're going to cut this out. But the U.S. is expect, or the White House is expected to announce potentially some positive therape therapeutic news regarding COVID nineteen. Right? Yeah, that's right. I mean, the news flow around treatments has been very, very positive over the last several weeks. You know, therapeutics and and vaccine news. Yep. So mm -hmm. uh, there's probably something else the stock market's telling us by doing so well here uh, right. around uh, that that narrative and uh, this this crisis. We all thought it had an end, but now how it ends is is starting to become clearer, and I think that's got uh, in investors excited. And that's the unique thing about it. You talk about investors excited. That is, that is true. I mean, clearly with the stock market up, people are excited. At the same time, if you look at the recent cover of the Daily News magazine, it literally has a dumpster on fire, and it says, worst year ever. And, and we would agree. I mean, some of the terrible things that our globe and our country have been through makes us one of the worst years ever. Also, the AAII sentiment poll, American, um, Associ Associ American Association of Individual Investors. I'll get it right. Uh, that came in at less than 25% bulls three consecutive weeks. All you got to know about that is that it's extremely rare. People are not bullish here. I mean, stocks, NASDAQ, as of the time of recording this, is making a new all-time high. Uh, people aren't bullish. You look back at market history. Our friends at Bespoke uh, took a look at this. Let me make sure I read it correctly because I've got it here. Um, Bespoke found one year later, the stock market by the S&P 500 was higher 12 out of 12 times after you have three consecutive weeks of bulls this low, up 21% on average. The last two times, according to Bespoke, we saw this, June of 19, November of 16. Not the worst times to be invested for you know the next six, six months or so. So a lot of skepticism still. Um, and you look at flows, and we talked that two weeks ago about money market flows, $5 trillion at money markets, uh, an all-time record. There's optimism, but at the same time, there's a heavy dose of skepticism, which I do believe is playing into probably this continued strong bid that we're seeing. But Jeff, we've got five minutes. We probably need to get moving to the election. We haven't focused too much on the election this year because obviously COVID-19 and the recession have dominated. But this week in our weekly market commentary at LPL Research, we took a look at the election. I mean, Jeff, high level, kind of what um what should investors be looking at for clues who might win the White House in November and who will be in the White House come next January? Yeah, well, we talk about the stock market all the time. Uh, yep. That's certainly where you look first, right? The stock market has a tremendous record predicting presidential elections. 87% uh, uh, success rate, I think is the number. You can correct me if I'm wrong, Ryan. Yeah, 20 out of 23. That's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the three months before the election. So we're talking about August, September, October. Stocks are up. Incumbents tend to win. Stocks are down. Incumbents tend to lose. So that's something we're going to be watching real closely starting next month. But the, the other predictor, I guess, of elections is, is the economy, of course. And uh, I mean, you've got the, the data on this, Ryan. When you have recessions right before the election, that tends to cause a change in leadership. Yes. And, and when you don't have a recession, the incumbent party tends to win. It's worked every single time since 1924. 
Um, we had a recession two years before that with Hoover. We had a recession two years before that election. Uh, he inherited a weak economy, and the economy started to soar. Right by 1924, we started things started to get pretty good with the Roaring Twenties, and that's kind of where we could have a scenario now because clearly we just had we're in a recession or maybe out of it, but we just we just had a recession. We, we can agree on that. Um, how quickly we're out of it, maybe some debate, but we're, we think it could be soon. Um, so like 24, you had a recession before, but the economy was really strong. Who's to say you don't get a vaccine sooner than expected? Who's to say, you know, more stimulus is coming, all the stimulus that's out there keeps uh, keep things afloat and gets the economy really strong? I mean, Jeff, what'd you say? Third quarter, you know, President Trump could be touting what type of a GDP number in the third quarter you think it could be or estimates are looking for? Yeah, north of 20% yeah. annualized GDP growth uh, expected right now based on consensus forecast uh, for the third quarter. So, uh mm-hmm. You know, campaigning off of that strength, yeah. and you know, we'll see strong data between now and then. I'm sure because again, we're coming off of such depressed levels uh, that may uh, uh, you know give Trump a chance to make up for the uh, uh, you know what the polls are saying that he's that he's down here. So exactly, you know, and, and obviously, this, go ahead. Sorry, Jeff. Yeah, go ahead. The, you know, the, we don't like to say this time is different, right? I mean, the history would suggest that it's an uphill battle here uh, for the president to get over. The um, you know the recession and and the economic impact of COVID nineteen, but uh, it's just such a unique year, uh, and it's still early that uh, you know possibly uh, uh, this race isn't over. Uh, well, absolutely not over. We all remember twenty sixteen. Obviously, the majority of people, including LPL Research, thought Hillary Clinton was going to win. Not the stock market, right? We had a pretty good sell off ahead of the election with the Dow down nine days in a row. Copper had a record. Uh, sorry, copper had a record 14-day win streak, more of an industrial metal, a President Trump potential play. So the stock market and some of the commodities markets, they maybe were not buying what everyone else was selling. So as we get closer to this election, obviously, we're going to start focusing on it a lot more. But these are some of the things we're going to be looking for. Now, Jeff, the other thing that's interesting, we get the question all the time, is stock, do stocks do better under Republican? Do stocks do better under Democratic uh, president? And the truth is, there's been bull markets and bear markets under all of them. What, the thing that I think matters a little bit more is how Congress is is split or how Congress looks. If you have one party and too much power controlling both chambers of the House, maybe you can get a little too extreme with um, some of the power and some of the changes that they make. But when you have a split Congress, this is not, again, one of those big picture things coming into this year that were bullish. It said stocks should finish higher. The last 10 times we had a split Congress, this goes back to the early 80s, Sure enough, the S&P was higher. Some of the best years the S&P has ever seen were 1985, 2013, and 2019. All gained over 30%. They all also had a split Congress. And I'm not saying that's why the stocks are up. I'm aware a lot of other factors took place. But it's something I wouldn't ignore. I mean, what's your take? Do you think this is the way the four founders wanted it without too much power one way or the other? And should investors really, at the end of the day, be voting, or not voting, um, hoping for a split Congress more than anything for their investments? That's what the numbers say. Uh, yeah. The market likes the status quo. Market does not like surprises. Market does not like uncertainty. And uh, if you take out some of the potential extreme policy changes, uh, that um, you know, tends to help stocks. So, so yes, I think from purely from an investment standpoint, uh, gridlock is good. Yeah, we've got the numbers here. The split Congress, the S&P is up over 17% on average um, on annualized basis under a split Congress. If Republicans control Congress, S&P is up 13.4. Democrats control Congress up 10.7. Now, 
GDP is a little bit better under Democrats, up 3.3 if they control versus 3% for the Republicans. Interestingly, GDP is, I'm going to say only, up 2.8%. So that's the weakest of all three scenarios when you have a split Congress. So the economy doesn't quite do as well, according to this. Uh, but stocks absolutely do better under a split Congress. So that's just some things to be aware of. I mean, Jeff, we're at the end of the road. Any final comments from you? Then I'll bring us home. Yeah, the market's going to start talking about earnings this this week i think and so that's going to be uh you know a, a, an important topic to watch you know you talked about the pmis in, in manufacturing data that ties to earnings and we've actually seen earnings expectations inch higher be really interesting to watch uh whether the earnings results we start to get next week uh, we'll uh, we'll follow the path of the manufacturing data, which has been strongly higher. Uh, absolutely. So thanks, Jeff, for joining this week. Thanks for everyone for continuing to come to our podcast every week. We really appreciate it. Again, next week will be a big one. We're kicking off a new season, as we call it. We go by the new seasons when we release our outlooks. So we will discuss our mid-year outlook, where we see kind of things heading the rest of 2020. So everybody have a great week. Hopefully you enjoyed the July 4th holiday, getting back in the swing of things. And we'll see everyone next week. So take care, everybody. Bye-bye. This material was provided by LPL Financial, is for general information only, and is not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. There is no assurance that the views or strategies discussed are suitable for all investors or will yield positive outcomes. Investing involves risks, including possible loss of principal. Any economic forecasts set forth in the podcast may not develop as predicted and are subject to change. References to markets, asset classes, and sectors are generally regarding the corresponding market index. All indexes are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. Index performance is not indicative of the performance of any investment. All performance reference is historical and it's no guarantee of future results. All information referenced in the podcast is believed to be from reliable sources. However, we make no representation as to its completeness or accuracy. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor and broker-dealer. Member FINRA and SIPC. Insurance products are offered through LPL or its licensed affiliates. To the extent you are receiving investment advice from a separately registered investment advisor that is not an LPL affiliate, please note LPL makes no representation with respect to such entity. If your financial professional is located at a bank or credit union, please note that the bank or credit union is not registered as a broker dealer or investment advisor. These products and services are being offered through LPL or its affiliates, which are separate entities from and not affiliates of the bank or credit union. Securities and insurance offered through LPL or its affiliates are not insured by the FDIC or NCUA or any government agency. Not bank or credit union guaranteed, not bank or credit union deposits or obligations, and may lose value.